Welcome to another Crystal Geeks podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me as always is Neil. Hello. And today we'll be discussing XO19, Microsoft's Xbox conference that was in our fair capital of London. Oh, the Queen would be proud. It was an E3 away from home, for if you're an Xbox fan. It wasn't an E3, though, was it? We were discussing this while the show was on, and I miss E3. E3 used to be the one day of the year where everyone came together as gamers, and, you know, the console wars were forgotten, and the Master Race didn't come because they're PC gamers, so they're above it all, apparently. And you would be really excited, you'd get all these announcements, and it'd be like a whole week of hype. Whereas now, E3's just a sad excuse for third-party companies to launch microtransaction vehicles. And then the big the actual first-party developers and console makers just go, oh, we'll have our own show in two to, two to four months. Yeah, I think we'll see the death of E3 eventually, because it is a technology show, but it's not. It's a gaming show. I think it will turn into a small exhibition for the kind of technology companies and hip companies, because if Nintendo want to do the directs away from stages, and people love the Nintendo directs, they're very kind of quirky and informal, but very friendly at the same time and the way they come across. Sony didn't turn up because apparently they didn't bother well, making what, any games. Well, they're going to show off again. More last well, of us two. Know, show anything. I would have been like, just show anything. Just ask anyone to do something. Um, Microsoft had a full stage presence. EA were just embarrassing. Bethesda apparently deserved their own. Fuck off. Um, but XO19, yeah, Microsoft can go, look, we've got all this to show. We have all the focus on us. So Twitter will be alive with just XO19. All the gaming websites will just follow us. I think it makes sense, but... But to me, it doesn't, because you, if you're not an Xbox fan, you ain't watching XO19. No. If you don't like Nintendo, you're not going to watch the Direct. And if you don't like PlayStation, whatever the hell they call their event, State of Play, is it? That's the one, State of Play. <laughs> you're not going to watch State of Play. So to me, you're just basically, you're advertising to the people that already have your product. Like I imagine a very small percentage of the audience, uh, oh wait, I haven't bought an Xbox yet, should I buy one? Whereas at least at E3, you had like, a such a wide net with E3 that you'd be like, ooh, I want one of those. Like, the amount of times, I always end up getting the Xbox first, whatever Microsoft console is, with Xbox or Xbox 360 and Xbox One, and I'll get Scarlet. And then I'll get a PlayStation, because it has a kind of higher calibre of interactive gaming. And then I'll always, always be like, I want the Nintendo machine, I always want it, I always end up getting it. But... At E3, it was because, oh, go, oh, look, a new Mario game is exactly the same as every Mario game for the past 30 years, but I love them, so I want one. Whereas now, I have to actively, not seek out, but I have to decide to watch Nintendo Direct to get excited about Nintendo stuff. So the only reason I wound up buying a Switch was for Zelda, which I still haven't bought. I watch all the, yeah, I watch all the events, even though like I'm probably the least Nintendo fan of all of us. That's true. Um, Mark probably being the highest... You being high up, Daniel, recently loving the Switch out of nothing, in my opinion, but like, I'm kind of the least least interested in Nintendo stuff, but I watch the Direct, so I kind of go, ah, this is, this is all fun, this is interesting, but, so yeah, to have to have Microsoft jump in the, into the ball game of, we're having our own separate event, I'm not, I'm surprised they didn't do more of them sooner, um, but it, like I said, it means that they get to focus and show game after game after game, of which you're going to discuss now, because there's a... But a long list of things that they showed off. I didn't get any more Halo Infinite news. No, you didn't. It's just like, I feel like I've been ghosted by Cortana. It's just like she's just disappeared from my life. I'm like, what's <laughs> happening? Give me some information. Well, you said you'd get excited for E3. That's when there'll be more Halo Infinite. But there was no Halo today. There wasn't any? Well, there was. There was, bit of there was Halo Reach. There was Halo Reach. Um, so we'll go down the list of games when they, when they emerged on the show. So the first one was Rare's new IP, which everyone was expecting to be Banjo. Even though they said no IP, yeah, so they all expected a new Banjo game. There's a game called Everwild, which uh, 
cartoony, beautiful looking game, a bit like Orin the Black Forest. They were typically rare looking, a bit more serious looking, but it was just some kids walking around a beautiful, possibly alien world with animals and creatures. They, yeah, it looked quite cool. They were sneaking around. It didn't look like they were going to be hostile or fighting them. No, I mean, there was so little in it, it's hard to kind of get a sense of what the game is. Um, I always hate new YP announcements because you always get some kind of artsy pretentious trailer like that where it's like ooh, ooh. like like ephemeral sense of what the game is when yeah. in reality it shows you nothing like that's what no, happens, no like, real gameplay we don't know if it was a survival game an RPG uh, an adventure game there were too many survival lots games lots of survival games but we don't know we don't know but yeah I mean it's rare so I'm immediately like okay it's probably quite good yeah um, um, it looked nice it's going to be on Game Pass we'll get we'll get to that later yeah. But it will be on Game Pass, so great, we can play it and install it on day one. But yeah, it was interesting. I, I mean, it looked like a group, it's basically a group of young guys and girls sneaking around this alien world with just animals and creatures who didn't seem to care about their presence. But at the end, the girl kind of lightly puts her hand out to this deer thing. Deer, alien And deer it went thing. to sniff her hand, and it was like, is it about embracing nature? in some way or don't know not don't really. know but I mean I'm, I'm intrigued like yeah. you know if, if Rare decide they want their own conference and want to do an Everwild segment Great. I'll watch that Sea of Thieves for two hours um, <laughs> talking of so talking next um, Obsidian's next game uh, coming after Fallout New Vegas and Outer Worlds which has been no successful was Grounded which you immediately went is it only ushering the kids and it kind of is was that from Obsidian yeah yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I guess I should pay more attention yeah <laughs> I mean it's another survival game so I'm just like, mm, okay. yeah. So it 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 showed combat and exploration, swimming in you know a tiny pool of water, which would like a rain drop, I imagine. Um, the the character went down into some anthills with a little spear, and it showed pretty much like the identical building system from Fortnite. It had exactly yeah, it looked, the same yeah. lockout, and then you saw them chopping down a tiny leaf that became armor, and they killed bugs to get armor. Um, so kind of like a a rust. Seven Days to Die Minecraft game, but with bugs and ants. I think it'd be popular because of the, the, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids-esque. But if it was Honey I Shrunk the Kids, I'd Rick Moranis in it, I'd be like, yes! Nostalgia, get me in there, let's go! But it's not, oh, I'm a tiny person. Like, But you can play it as a Honey. But they could, they could have, I mean, all they've basically done is gone, oh, what if you were really small? By that logic, you could play it on an alien world and everything is gigantic and you're still relative-sized because it's relative anyway, so... But well, yeah. But they showed like there was like cans of coke that were ginormous. So maybe you'd be like, get the can of coke and you make armor from it. Uh, I mean, again, it's a survival game, so I immediately don't care really because it's a sit down and it's clearly multiplayer. So we, okay, we all sit down on the evening to play the game, and then mm-hmm. it's four hours of not dying, which to me isn't compelling. Yeah. So you you've had like you've had a problem with survival games where I usually like to be the housewife. Yeah, or at least the builder. I like to make sure everything's fine, and then you be like, "I'll oh, go off and explore," and that's fine and great. But then you get bored of the building side of it. Like, no, I hated Seven Days to Die. Yes, you did. Yeah, I hate most survival games. Yeah. Like the only one I like to think was the flame in the flood, which I don't know if you really consider a survival game. It was just this perceived generated game where a girl and her dog sell down a flooded city. There's a lot, of, there's there's a lot of luck in those games. There's a lot of loop. But that was luck. difficult. But. And it's handy enough, but well, it's not compelling to me. If I'm going to spend an evening gaming, I either want a, a great narrative or competition. So either let's do, you know, insert co-op game, let's play the story, mm-hmm. or let's play something competitive multiplayer because I either want the challenge of beating other gamers 
Or I want to experience a story. I yeah, just... so like if I said on Minecraft, right, Ryan, I want to kill, there's a boss called the Wither. And yeah. I want to kill it. And I was like, right, we're going to get this armour, we're going to kill it. You'd probably be more up for that than, Ryan, I'm going to build a house made of sugar. Yes, because yeah. I just get bored. And admittedly, Daniel, who's normally on us, with, with us today, but isn't, normally just burns everything down with yes, he's, lava on Minecraft. He anyway. creates and destroys. So on the subject of survival to the subject of dying, the next game was a game called West of Dead, starring Ron Perlman, where he seems to play like a skeleton that's in limbo, yeah. killing other skeletons that are in limbo, and it was like a top-down, isometric, twin-stick cowboy shooter. It looked really cool, but... I don't know. I expected more. I don't, having one permanently and the way the trailer started, I was expecting it to almost be like Devil May Cry-esque. Mm. Like a third-person action game. I thought it would be really cool. And then what we got was a top-down twin-stick shooter that looked stylish and looked very cool. And, you know, yeah, I would probably play it, but it's not getting me out of my seat excitement. It's just, oh, that's something else to play. Wait, it's in beta now. You can play it now. Well, I played it very briefly in the morning for 20 minutes. I ran around two rooms and shot some skeletons and uh, the skeletons lumbered towards me slowly so with I the, can't get a good sense of how good the game is from that. With the exception of its tone being entirely <clears throat> different, did it play any different to Enter the Gungeon? Much, 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 much slower. Because Enter the Gungeon you've got to keep moving constantly and shooting yeah. you and blowing up but this was, there was two skeletons slowly creeping towards me so I was just like Bang, 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 six shooter, reload, they're dead. And I'm sure it gets harder and harder. Probably, but, but I mean, again, I mean, it looked nice. Presentation was good. Doesn't particularly <clears> thrill <throat> me gameplay wise. It's it's lots of, I've played this before. Why is this worth joining? Yeah, it'd be a wait and see. Um, talking of C, the next game was Sea of Thieves. Ugh, no. Bam! Linking these together. So, Sea of Thieves, uh, I really like Sea of Thieves. And yes, it's been a long journey. For it to get better, I'd probably say is the best word, to get better rather than good. Um, sea of Thieves has now added another spooky quest, which will probably involve another skeleton boss, because all the bosses are skeletons, <laughs> and all the storylines are skeletons involved. But they've now added the fire mechanic, which looks like it's terrifying, because would that be overpowered on a ship? Because if you don't have buckets of water, surely your ship's going to I mean, burn immediately. To it's the... not like water's in short supply on Sea of Thieves, so no, you might be okay. You might have to dive in, come out again, and then when you're being shot by cannons. You, you, mean, know, you know how hectic it gets in the cannon fights. Yeah, anything to make the game more engaging, I'm all for. I mean, I, I mean I've, I've kind of neglected Sea of Thieves because it launched and was a mess. And then it had no content, and the three different types of missions it had basically came down to the same thing of sail from A to B, which I shouldn't complain about in a pirate game because, of course, you're going to be sailing around. But there was so little there to keep me engaged. And to me, Sea of Thieves, it's like the game equivalent of basketball. It's a highlight game. Mm. So you've got an entire play session of Sea of Thieves. And so that lasts for four hours. You've probably only got about 45 minutes of really exciting, cool stuff happening. And it's like, to me, is it worth me giving up my entire evening for four hours to get 45 minutes of excitement? When again, I could play something else. Now, because it's me, let's assume Halo could play every multiplayer. I could play four hours of big team battle and have many, many exciting moments across those four hours. The most fun I've had on Sea of Thieves by absolute mile was when they had the Skeleton Galleon event on. Yeah. And here's the problem with Sea of Thieves, like you said, it's the, the games have to make the most fun. They had it, this event came out and everyone playing it wanted to do the event. So you put a flag up that says, We're, We want an alliance. And if you're if two ships have got the alliance, they go, right, we can draw an alliance and we can group together. And we'd sail off towards where these skeleton ships would appear. 
there was four human galleons and three skeleton ship galleons all fighting each other because the skeleton galleons would come out of the ocean and start firing. It was absolutely brilliant. Cannon shots going everywhere. Two like human ships going up alongside each other and turning and they're blasting these skeleton boats and people trying to like jump on other human ships and help out and it was a giant naval battle. That sounds fantastic. Now though that doesn't happen because we're back into the whole well everyone just dicks around on it like you see another ship it either runs away from you immediately or tries to kill you immediately because you're trying to run away from it or you're trying to kill them immediately. So the problem is the Sea of Thieves is at its best when there's a new event on because everyone wants to do the event because they're so void of new content they jump straight on that content which is a good thing and a bit of a bad thing at the same time. It sounds like get on it release weekend or you're never doing the event because Yeah, unfortunately especially especially the events that do require big groups but you can still fight the skeleton ships now you can still fight them but knowing that you won't get that three or four, six, five or six ship battles, it's like, uh, the fun's kind of gone. I mean, they did mention that one of the new quests that are popping up would be story-driven and be the story, and as always, I'm a fan of stories. So that's exciting to me, because I'm like, wait, you mean I can get into this world and actually get to know the world I'm in, instead mm. of it just being a big pile of wet? And then, I mean, I bought the prequel comic that, that, Rare, that released, I don't remember, who is it, Titan? Um... And I read that and was like, okay, cool. And then to get the game to the Ephesians, but like, none of that really matters because you're just in this empty ass world. Very brief conversations with people. I mean, immediately we played the Alpha and the Beta of Ephesians, and for the game to launch and basically be right, and it's what you've been playing for six weeks, but with more people, it was like, oh, all right. And yeah. then it wasn't like the world was full. Like, it wasn't like you'd see a ship every 10 minutes. Sometimes you'd be sitting around for an hour. And oh, yeah, you one. wouldn't. And because they, they've only just added skeleton ships and. AI baddies of types like the Krakens and the, 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 the skeleton ships you'd, you'd, you'd see a ship on the horizon and go oh that's a player where now you can go oh there's a skeleton ship we can go fight that now I mean, and it will fight us rather than it might just run away but my, we'll, my we'll game, have to see on that my so. gaming backlog is so full of remasters or old games and games I didn't finish back in the day like you know the majority of Final Fantasy series mm. that if a game doesn't launch well I'm like well why am I not playing my backlog I've got other stuff I've already bought and paid for I've got games I want to go back and play or finish that I haven't ever done so. So if a game doesn't launch well, it's really difficult for me to want to invest time back in it because every time I'm sat, so if I was sound if he was right now playing it, I'd be thinking, oh, okay, well, I've been on it for an hour and a half and it's happened. That could have been an hour and a half I put into The Witcher 3. Mm. Like, there's, there's plenty of other stuff I've got to play that I kind of feel like deserves the time more than Sea of Thieves does at the minute. So you can almost say that Sea of Thieves is sitting there in the sun, all wet, it's going a bit rusty. It's very odd, a bit gross. Yes, because the next game is Rust, the PC oh. survival game coming to Xbox. Um, it's another open world build stuff. Oh no, people are coming to take your stuff survival game. I don't really think there's much to really say. Yeah. It's just another survival game. I've not played it, but if, if the combat is as janky as the stuff in like PUBG or Seven Days to Die or most of these games that are built on PC for a mouse and keyboard that get awfully ported across to a console and it's just horrible, horrible, horrible experience to play combat-wise, I don't care. I'm going to sound like a massive nerd here, but I don't want to play games like that because I like building things and progressing to build my bigger base. And if other players turn up and try and break it, I'd be like, well, I don't want that. That's just spoiling my fun, <laughs> even that's the whole point of the game. See, like, I'm like, give me, give me COD. You know, like the new one. I quite like I'll play the new one. I mean, I was going to say Halo, but people get mad at me saying Halo all the time. So mm-hmm. give me... A good first-person shooter like that's built as a shooter with a good kind of combat mechanic in it. 
and then add the survival stuff in. Give me, fuck it, I'm saying it. Give me Halo, yeah. but give me Halo survival. So we crash land mm. on a Halo ring, and then you've got to build a base and survive. You get attacked by the flood. That kind of, that would be great. Give yeah. me that in the Halo universe, but not in a Metal Gear Survive kind of way. Don't take a franchise no, and fucking no, survive. That would be a um, terrible idea. <laughs> it would. But, but give me that. So at least the shooting mechanics gonna feel decent. So if you know a group of enemy players do turn up, and you go, oh, they've got lots of supplies. We want. The actual combat is the, the, the confrontation and it will be entertaining yeah, to play. You could Whereas like, in most stuff it's just like, oh, we, we've we've hunkered down in this base on PUBG and it's janky as fuck. My bullets are bouncing off the window frame because even though my crosshair's pointing that way, the gun isn't actually aiming there. And it's such an unenjoyable experience once you get to the confrontation part that Rust looks similar where it was like, yeah, oh look, no, it's, it's going to be janky as fuck when it comes to the shooting. So why bother? So I, the problem with games like that as well, and we'll, we'll, we'll move along this quickly, is that other players ruin the experience. It, to me, that's a perfect... Seven Days Die is brilliant because we can play together and you've got these zombies and you've got this constant threat around every corner where they're just zombies. But in a game where it's real people, you kind of go, oh, I'm going to be dickheads, being dickheads well, and being trolls. Gamers are dicks. Like, that's the problem. Like If I'm playing that game and I'm playing it by myself and I've got a sniper rifle and then I see like you know Billy Joe and Mary in the corner building a base, I'm going to be like... But like that's the Mandalorian. I'm just going to start taking pot shots. Yeah, of course you are. Because you're like, well, like, fuck it. I haven't got anything to lose, so I'll ruin your yeah. game. I'm just going to start firing away. And they've got a... What, yeah, just... No. But so, then again, there's no end game. The, the end game is playing the game, which in principle should be fine, but when there's so little to it, I'm like, so my objective is to not die. Hmm. Like, there's no finish line to cross. Yeah, there's, there's nothing to uncover no. or explore or particularly... Unlike in Kart Rider, our next game, where there's a finish line to cross, <laughs> I'm going to do this in every game. <laughs> so, Kart Rider is... Mario Kart but it's not that's the problem it's not Mario yeah, Kart you said this you were like why do these games like why do these games exist and a simple answer was because they know it's the only option to buy it other than buy a Nintendo console or Mario Kart when that so. trailer started I got really excited and thought it was going to be a like a, a rehash a revitalization a resurrection for Speed Freaks which was a fantastic kart racing game on the Playstation and it it was basically still basically still Mario Kart um, but the characters were quirky, the racing was really good, it felt really fast. It, it was absolutely fantastic and then disappeared and just kind of died and I don't, I very much doubt anyone listening to it probably remembers it, but it was mm. fantastic. It wasn't Speed Freaks, it was, what the fuck is it called? Cart Rider. Cart Rider, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, cart Rider, like it makes me think of like medieval towns and someone just like rolled in it's, a big cart hay down a hill. It sounds like they wanted to get the name of the game across, but they didn't want to make any effort with naming the don't game. Like Maybe it's, like what's it, it's, it's Korean, right? Maybe in Korea, yeah, yeah. the name has more nuance in Korean. It has got more nuance. And over here, it just translates as cart rider. And it just sounds like some shit not what's funny is, is that they, that actually had a stage presence to the point where they had, a, they had an actual play of the game on stage with two of the developers. Most other games didn't get that. And what's hilarious is they spent the entire time saying, the game is all about drifting. It's about drifting and drifting and yeah. drifting around corners. So it's like what Mario Kart is. What cart racing game is, is it about yeah. drifting? Yeah. Um... Yeah, so next was a game which was big, big focal point. I think it was one of the first games mentioned at um, E3, Bleeding Edge, which is another Overwatch, League of Legends, MOBA, look at all these wacky characters of different types we've created. We hope that their art style was so good it sells the game for us. I'm a big Overwatch fan, and as soon as I saw Bleeding Edge, I thought, oh, Bleeding Hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. but the problem is, so I said this with Overwatch. In Overwatch you aren't necessarily running around just shooting constantly because of your character. If you're a tank, stay with your team and do your job as a tank. If you're a healer, stay with your tank. If you're... If I play as Moira, who I can heal from the back 
and throw my little balls out. But I can stay with the team and heal. Yes. Um, but I can also flank and jump on the weaker characters like the healers and snipers and kill them. Where all the gameplay of Bleeding Edge was just these characters which didn't stand out artistically. Just in a giant... Yeah, it was a colourful mosh pit, wasn't it? It was just action. It was just lots of bright coloured characters. And the problem was, they showed the trailer and it showed you lots of the characters. And I actually, one point went, that's a shit diva. That's a shit Moira. Yeah. And, I just, and it's, it's not their fault. But the problem is, this could probably be an entire podcast by itself, but it's how uninspired gaming's become nowadays, where it's just kind of like, this is popular, let's slightly twist it and copy the shit out of it. Do you remember Cliffy B's Lawbreakers? No, no one remembers Cliffy Cliffy B's Lawbreakers. died during a day. Cliffy B remembers it, cries salty, salty. I remember remember seeing an hilarious video, and uh, it was like the Lawbreakers launch. Some guy got a Lawbreakers tattoo. I was like, you utter dickhead. After you, you'd be chopping that limb off. No Everyone was like, "Oh my god, Cliffy B, Quake, and Overwatch style games. What could possibly go wrong? Oversaturation and no one gave a shit." Well, what was that? What was the one? But oh, what was his name? Who's that tosspot who made porn? <laughs> and made porn of his Battleborn. Battleborn. Yeah, <laughs> he made porn of his own game because people had Overwatch porn, which just blew on. I'm like, hang on. So you're not you're not upset that people are infringing copyrights, just that you're not getting porn of your own game made. Like Jesus Christ. This is going to sound like a massive fanboy comment, but. Even looking at the characters, I'd rather watch Overwatch. Like fuck, because the Battleborn yeah. ones didn't even look interesting. Didn't see Battleborn. Battleborn's characters though were much cooler than, no, than Overwatch. No, no, absolutely not. Everyone in Overwatch is vaguely human, apart from like the giant monkey and the robots. Are you saying that's the type of porn you? No, no. What I'm saying is that in Battleborn, you met that cool man who was like half eagle, half man, and the mushroom dude, and the child is really good. And the, the, I'm sorry for Battleborn because it got compared to Overwatch, and then because Overwatch won that fight, it got shat on. But when we played Battleborn, it was a lot it, of fun. It played it played very different. The story, the story yeah. missions, the, yeah. the, the multiplayer was just generic League of Legends style lane play. But the story missions. It was just like playing um, Borderlands. Yeah, you had a lot of comedy, lots of big bosses. It was good. But um, anyway, back to. What's it called? Let me take them there. Bleeding Edge. Bleeding Edge. Um, it just sounds like some kind of like Tarantino version of movies to me. Which it does. Or cool. it sounds like a northern um, and being angry. It, it just looked uninspired, which is my kind of my phrase of the week, I guess, the games I've been playing this week. But it, there's no... Why am I not playing Overwatch to play this? That's what you need to do. You, mm. need, you need to convince me that I shouldn't play the already established preview version to play yours, and nothing there showed off made it seem different. But when you saw the actual combat, it was just a big colourful mosh pit of mer- like when, Oh when yeah, I tried playing jumped. Smite, and I really wanted because it was all the mythology and the gods. Smite got me really so. Oh, Smite sounds great, and then we played it, and it was just here's a small area. There's just colourful lights and numbers flying up everywhere. Yeah, I, I, I used to get into fights on that as a warrior character as an attacking character and fight and die and I had no idea what I'd done wrong no absolutely no idea what I'd done wrong so next up um, was a game that started with a little girl on a couch and her dad playing a game and she was laughing (laughs) she was laughing at the dad being able to play and then the dinosaur sat down with them and you thought it was going to be some sort of charming story based game about a kid and his uh, a kid and yeah. her dad and uh, it was it was it was Planet Coasters it was theme park it was disappointing is what it was <laughs> I was like this trailer I mean assuming if you've not seen it you have no context but it basically starts with a girl and her dad sat on the sofa and the dad's trying to play the console and he's not very good and the girl's just kind of on her phone not paying attention yeah. and it's giving her dad some tips and I'm like oh, okay this is quite cool like is it going to be a nice story about like family and people reconnecting through gaming and how you know everyone's so in their own world on their own devices and the dad's going to connect with his daughter and the dinosaur fell down and I was like it's got a dinosaur even better now and I was like what's this going to be is it be really weird and are they going to you know, <laughs> and then it was theme park yeah they're going to reconnect through that <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like 
theme park and I was again but I'm like why am I not just playing theme park like yes theme park's from what 97 and looks like ass comparatively mm-hmm. but all you've done is update the graphics it's fundamentally the same game so I'm like well why am I playing this but I was so disappointed because you know me I love this using the word charming I'll play anything because I'm just got a bit of charm to it and this had charm and then until it went nah generic roller coaster game the reason why Planet Coaster is popular is because there's no other theme parky games you've got Roller Coaster Tycoon that hasn't been around or really made a splash Theme park's long dead. So yeah, Planet Coasters took that that that. But then again, spot. you have the same problem on most consoles. You have most time of those kind of games where it's kind of you've, you've got a set amount of space you can yeah, build, it, and then you just feel frustrated because you're like, well, now I've got to knock down yeah. off this roller coaster. Well, the next one, we'll have to see. Uh, next one um, is by the developers at Life is Strange. Don't nod Entertainment, I believe. Uh, their game was Tell Me Why, which was an interesting trailer of a, a twins. Man, one male, one female, talking about the, the, how difficult their past was and something to do with their mother. And the implication for the trailer is that the male character was forced to be a girl by his mother. But then it also relates to some sort of horrible memory and the mother had a gun. So we're probably looking at a game to do with a, a character being forced to, to be transgender or became transgender because of an experience as a kid. Don't know. I'm sure this one will be... Uh, I'm sure the internet, Ryan in 2019 will fully support this game and won't use a variety of buzzwords that will just piss me off to describe it I mean again it looked intriguing mm-hmm. it's got a story I'm already intri- you know okay you've got a, so far it's the first game on the list that's really presented with any kind of story so I'm mm-hmm. like okay great I'm intrigued let's see what's happening again it's the usual announcement trailer malarkey where you don't get shown anywhere near enough so you actually care yet but it did its job I'm intrigued I want to have a look what it's about but we know next to nothing so I mean, I assume. I mean, if it if it does involve any kind of transgender plot, yeah, you're right. The internet will have its usual reaction, and you'll have the the trolls being like, "Ah, there's only two genders," and then yeah, broke, broke. Yeah, and then you'll have everyone else on the other side basically being like, "No, there's a million and six genders," and then you'll have everyone in the middle who doesn't give a flying fuck who just wants to play the game. Do you know what? They might as well just call this game Metacritic User Review because it'll be 10 <laughs> exactly. out of 10s or 1 out of 10s. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's by the people who make Life is Strange so probably be very good but we'll see. Life is Strange um, is great so yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that popped up was a game I've seen like two years in a row uh, don't know what to make of it it was called Artful Escape and it was the uh, nerdy guy with the glasses like Harry Potter playing a guitar and everything looked like a drug trip there didn't yeah. appear to be any gameplay other than f- walking across the level where giant monsters appeared but they all seemed very happy yeah it seemed cool I mean I like the idea that it's kind of like so scrolling rock opera with these like insane visuals and like platform I assume there's some kind of rhythm basedness in there rhythm based yeah. gameplay it looked cool I'm like great but yeah. I mean again what the hell we were showing that a few years ago at E3 with that really kind of pixely looking cyber noir game What's that called? Oh, yes, I don't remember because it was two, three yeah, years ago. That also, great. it was in that annoying Xbox montage where they show a game every, I'd probably say, millisecond and you're expected to pay attention yeah, to what it. What was that? Yeah. Um, but again, it looked cool and we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, so they also had some big Game Pass announcements. I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit here to, to, to uh, see what's more interesting. But they announced on Game Pass they're getting the Yakuza collection. Mental. Yep. Like... If there's ever like a kind of stalwart franchise on PlayStation that's kind of below the radar for most people, that I would assume is so below the radar it would ever get ported. Below this. below the radar, but everyone who plays it says it's bonkers and brilliant. Yes. So I don't know from the new Yakuza is you can run a maid cafe, you can go and have um, phone sex with like ladies, and it's a mini game. You can do karaoke. 
you can go bowling, you can go to a host S cafe as well. There's a giant naked man in pants who's like dancing in a club and you can go and party with him. And there's Yakuza themes going on at the same I mean, time. It, fundamentally, it's going to be GTA, but with a very Japanese slant to it, which is exactly what you want, really. Yes. Because, you know, GTA always has the kind of satire and parody of Western culture. And then you have, you know, Japan, which tends to be, well, can be seen as quite mental and out there in terms of flamboyance and mm. kind of excitement. Um, and this looks just like that. It just looks like they've kind of made a GTA game, but going, this is Japan, we'll do it this way. Yes. And I can't wait to play them. Again, um, Game um, Pass, I already paid for it, so there we go. Game Pass has already added, and also on Game Pass, when the Japanese, um, two Japanese lads turned up. <laughs> one looked like a serious CEO, and one looked like his son that was not quite a CEO. He looked a bit like the wrestler Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, it was like Dr. Evil and Seth Green. And yeah, like, yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> That's a great comparison indeed. Um, it's like you've been forced into the family business. Yeah, like, oh, so fine. <laughs> they announced um, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8, Final Fantasy 9, Final Fantasy 10, Final Fantasy 12, Final Fantasy 13, Final Fantasy 13 2, Oops. 2, Final Fantasy whatever the other shit Final Fantasy 13 game was, and Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. And 10 2, don't forget. Oh, and 10 2, yes, that was shit as well. Lots of Final Fantasy games. I mean, most of my backlog is Final Fantasy games, yep. and I'd be really excited for this it, well, I am really excited for this, but I own them all already. But I'm excited to play them on my Xbox. I don't know why. I don't know why it makes any difference what I'm playing it on. Because I deliberately bought the remaster for 8 on Switch. Because it seemed more appealing to play it on Switch. The fact that I can now play all these games on my Xbox, it's great. I mean, it's, it's good and it's not. It's great because, okay, they're on Game Pass. They're not going to cost me any extra. I can play them more fantastic, more Final Fantasy, yay. But at the same time, it just kind of smacks of the East treat in the Xbox or some kind of stepchild where it's like oh we're not going to give you the Final Fantasy 7 remake we're not even going to mention if it's coming to you guys at any point and we're not going to give you this or well, what we will do though have some old shit that you mm. know you can buy on your phone or run an emulator for free like it's it's nice but at the same time it's like well it's a nice step in the right direction I suppose and we did yeah. get into March 3 and we did get Final Fantasy 15 on the Xbox but like when's that going to be a, when is that going to get to the point where it's a full commitment from Square to be Everything will be multi-platform on day of release. The last time there was a very Japanese-looking game coming to the Xbox, specifically to the Xbox, was Scalebound. And obviously they got canned. That looked really great. I was really excited. Everyone, everyone went ballistic. Like Microsoft had killed their second and first-born children. Like everyone was really annoyed at that. So yeah, like you said, this might be a good time for the Japanese market to say, "Look, look, we like you, Xbox. We understand there's a big market. It's not going anywhere." Yeah, look, you can have these games, these games, these games. Then there's hope for the next version of those games yeah, coming out. Yeah, it's nice in the fact that if, if Square look and suddenly, you know, millions of Xbox gamers have downloaded Final Fantasy or Yakuza. I mean, obviously that's not Square, but, you know, if the Japanese market looks and goes, oh shit, there is actually, our games do have legs in the West. Yeah, and you, they said they're doing them on the chats that to, to port these games over would be nothing for them to do because Microsoft would do a lot of the work. So you would, you'd probably go, oh, fine, whatever, yeah, put those games on there. Oh, wow, there's been this many downloads, so maybe it is worth Maybe us. we should release it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, still on the subject, we've got um, Kingdom Hearts. Don't give a fuck, talk about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I mean, I like Final Fantasy, I like Disney, so Kingdom Hearts is like the perfect mix of the two. I mean, given my ultimate choice, it would be turn-based instead of, you know, hack and slashy. Um, it's Kingdom Hearts. It- now, they've put the 1.5, the HDB Masters basically, and number 3 on Game Pass. They haven't aged well. Like, 
I'm in the middle of 1.5 at the minute, and it's it doesn't it hasn't aged well. All the environments are tiny because it's a PS2 game, and the jumping is horrible. It's just it's not an enjoyable game to play, but it's Kingdom Hearts and it's a mix of Final Fantasy and Disney, so fanboyism has got me playing it basically. I'm sure I'll finish it at some point, mm. but I mean Kingdom Hearts three kind of bombed. Like, like yeah, no, everyone was like, Kingdom Hearts three is coming soon. Oh my god, look how good the graphics are. Oh my god, I can't wait. It's got Toy Story in it. It came out, and no one cared. Like that, I don't. No one, none of the. I saw so many YouTubers just not care. They didn't review it. It came out. Twi- Twitter didn't light up. Twitch didn't light up. The game came out, and people who wanted Kingdom Hearts three played it, and then I guess they have never moved on with their lives. Now, my friend Laura, who is a re- insanely big Kingdom Hearts fan, the excitement for for this game was ridiculous. I think she owns the game three times. She bought the Kingdom Hearts PlayStation Four, the special edition with the figures. For Kingdom Hearts 3. She wound up with a third copy. And I'm sure she's got a standard edition. Because Laura has this weird habit of losing discs. So she lost Kingdom Hearts disc. So she went out and bought a standard copy. So she could play it while her family was on holiday. Only right. then come back and find the other uh, disc. So she's got the game like four times. <laughs> Laura hated the ending. I don't know what it was. Because she wouldn't spoil it for me. But she hated it. Aaron, who I wrote with a game hype. Um, he loves Final Fantasy. He likes Disney a bit. But he hated that there was practically no Final Fantasy in Kingdom Hearts 3. It was like they, this crossover series made it fantastic. And then the final part in the trilogy was, oh yeah, forget Final Fantasy, no one cares. Yeah, uh, I won't play them. I don't care. Not my type of RPGs. Don't care in the slightest. Again, I mean, I'm in the privileged position of having all three consoles. I own them on PlayStation. It's great that I can now play them on Xbox. I'm not going to restart Kingdom Hearts 1. So I'll probably continue that on the PlayStation and mm-hmm. start the rest on Xbox. Um, but yeah. Cool. I mean, if you only have all these announcements to Game Pass, are fantastic. If it's your only console, like they're really, really amazing developments. If it's your only console, you yeah. won't. If you're like us, where you're adults and spend too much money on gaming, then you probably should. Yeah, it's you... less exciting because you've, you've got access to them anyway. Yeah. So if you've got all the consoles and the sky's the limit, so is Microsoft Flight Simulator, which oh, the visuals made my dick hard. Good lord! Like, I, I, I believe that they're using some sort of special. Google Maps technology to put these visuals and all this, this this world for you to fly over because that's the whole point of the flight simulator games. They've got to look exactly like you know the real world. You, you don't want to just fly around the clouds and a bit of a desert. They go right. Do you want to fly from New York to Coventry? Of course you do. Of course you do. Go for it. And visually, the game was just phenomenal. Like I can't believe. I cannot believe the visuals in that game. Um, so it was similar to the entire of using textures and topographical data from Bing Maps, is what I've just read on. Oh, Christ, we're going to get lost. It's Bing Maps. We're going to be flying around going, England's not where it was yesterday. <laughs> um, three-dimensional representations of the world's features, blah, 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 will be generated using Microsoft Azure technology. Look, I don't really know how they're doing it, I don't care when it looks the way it looks. I'd give it a go. I'd play on the easiest difficult level in the world. Is there a Microsoft Passenger Simulator? So <laughs> I can get someone else to fly and then I can just be the co-pilot and just look at all the visuals. I mean, that'll be the same level multiplayer experience as Minecraft where you just sit there and watch, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. But, um, I mean, it's weird that everyone's so obsessed with the visuals because you're in the whole point of the game. It's not Microsoft Pretty World Simulator. It's Microsoft no, it's not Hiking Simulator. simulator. You'll yeah. be seeing you'll be seeing everything from a distance. I think that would be a massive game for Twitch and it'd be a massive game for well, virtual I mean, reality. Fundamentally, it's not about the visuals. It's about are the flight mechanics accurate? Are the physics accurate? The, the way the planes react to environmental 
stimuli realistic. So it's odd that we're all talking about the visuals for a game where really we should be talking about the actual gameplay. That's game because we don't already play Microsoft Flight Simulator. So the ten people a year that probably buy Microsoft Flight Simulator who play to simulate flight, we can keep carry on doing that. But you and I will be like, oh, look at the trees. Oh, we're going to crash. Look at the trees, Ryan. I always have that it's difficult, so I want to be good at it type thing where kept me playing Dark Souls or makes me play Halo One Legendary every time. Surely Microsoft Flight Simulator is the hardest game ever. Because you'll be like, oh yeah, I kind of got it in the arc. Now I'm a qualified Boeing 747 pilot. I mean... I'm intrigued to see how, how many times I immediately crash at takeoff. Um, I assume there'll be a seven-hour tutorial that will put me to sleep. I don't, I don't think I'll get off the bloody landing. But Sorry. I mean, it's a game I've never played. It's a type of game I've never played. I've never played actual flight simulator before. So the fact that this is visually impressive is maybe kind of go. I'll give it a go. And I don't want to fly the giant jets that probably feel like bricks in the air. Yeah. I want to fly some like piddly little biplane for like a canyon in five It'll probably be easier as well. Like, oh, can we? I love carp games. Can I be co-pilot? Oh, great. Go left. No, that's left. No. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. We do we have different control schemes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everyone was jizzing their pants over that. And a lot of PC gamers jizzed their pants over Age of Empires 4. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that Age of Empires is, is relevant again. I mean, it's to me, Age of Empires... I used to game on PC when I was very, very, very young. Hmm. Um, don't know why. I just had a PC. I don't know what it was bought. I think it was bought for schoolwork. And I just played just games. Played Age of Empires. Well, I remember playing Age of Empires and that's history work. Alien vs Predator would all I really play. Science fiction and Lemmings. They get really mad at Lemmings. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Age of Empires. I mean, if you've never played an Age of Empires game, it's kind of difficult to to sell you on it. Mm-hmm. It's very much you know, take your civilization, make it prosper. Off you go. Yeah, um, good. Another strategy game. There's not many of them around now. The Starcraft and Warcraft's getting a revival. They're going to remaster all the Warcraft three. Um, so yeah, good to see a strategy game. And Age of Empires, I think, is a little bit more, a little less, and a little bit more interesting because it's all real life civilizations, and yeah, it should be an interesting one. Um, you also had um, Last Stop, which was a game set in England, and was another cartoony indie game that was about. You served a lot of schoolboys and schoolgirls investigating something spooky, and they never seemed to leave from there. And it was like two male characters seemed to have flipped into each other's body. Yeah, it looked a bit nuts, and then that one was like, "I'm ruthless. You don't know how terrible I can be." And yeah. I'm like, I've no idea what's going on in it, but I mean, we don't get many games set in England, so out of Patrick Loyalty, I'm going to buy it anyway. Yeah, um, so it was, you know, it was an interesting, it was by the people who made Virginia, which is a game I have on the Xbox, and it's a cartoony, like, story based game, which I've had for about two years, and I feel sorry for it because it should have been the next game on my list several times, but I haven't played it. This is what, in the middle of the show, I brought up to Neil about how Game Pass potentially devalues the games that are on it. Um, and I've just from my own experience, a countless times where I've downloaded a game and it hasn't immediately gripped me because it was not free, but it's a part of subscription, so there's no additional cost to try it. It's really easy for you to just dismiss it because it's like this instant thing of, oh, there it is, uh, 10 minutes in, no, go away. Mm. And I don't have to worry about it. No, I don't know. I don't know. A few games. So I kind of feel bad for stuff on Game Pass in a way because if I'd bought a game and had paid cold hard cash for it and was stuck with it, I'd probably give games a fairer shake of the stick than I do on Game Pass where I'm just like, you're not grip me immediately, go away. But that's green tear, leave. Mm. And I just, whereas, you know, I think this could be that. Like, if it's on there and just sat there waiting, you might be like, meh, there's less emphasis. Like, I bought Oxen Free two and a half years ago, free, like a long, long time ago. Really good game. I've not played it because, I mean, admittedly, that's me buying games and not playing that. That's my murder. But then Game Pass is worse for you because you will install it and that will clutter up your already cluttered list. 
but at least it's there. Um, but yeah, I think I've done that with a few Game Pass games. Like I, I downloaded, um, I can't remember what it was called, it was called Wizards something, and I played it for, it was like a dungeon crawler, like Enter the Dungeon with a wizard, and I played it for about 10 minutes, and went, no, oh, it's okay. Like 12, half an hour, and I just went, no, I've done that. And I deleted it. Yeah. Didn't really put any time into it. Um, talking to dungeon crawlers, there was also Minecraft Dungeons, which was a bizarre, if actually quite natural idea when I first saw it. I was like, oh, it's Diablo, and it's a dungeon crawler in Minecraft. And obviously, in Minecraft, going down into the depths of the planet, the, the, the world, to take those risks and digging for materials and digging for resources. Or, oh, no, now I'm lost. Because you get that in Minecraft. You go around one corner and you're like, oh, Christ. Oh, it's, well, just, it's just darkness and brick. And then you've got creepers and monsters and then it's the risk-reward. That makes sense, but there's none of that in Minecraft Dungeons. It's just a Diablo clone. I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it looks really good. I mean, if you're going to only play a Minecraft game, and my choices are Minecraft, the Telltale Minecraft series, or Minecraft Dungeons... Minecraft Dungeons is going every single time because mm. at least I'm doing something. Um, like, I don't care about the world, so I don't want to play a Telltale game, even though it's supposed to be fantastic. And then actual Minecraft, I just continually call an interactive lobby experience because it's just bland to me. I'm Are like, you saying that you don't want to join me in building a Christmas tree this year? Every year you want us to do this, and it's like, oh, can't I just watch Rooster Teeth do it instead? Like, it's getting more interesting. What do you do it then? You're not Rooster Teeth! <laughs> But, no, yeah, I mean, it's it's a Diablo clone, hacky, slashy, bashy, um, and then off you go. I mean, yeah, I, I, it looks, it, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a great game for Game Pass, because I think a lot of people will go, oh, I wouldn't buy this, you'd, you'd play it for a few hours, and you've seen everything it kind of offers, and I think it'll be popular. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for it. But I like, I like Minecraft and I like this type of games anyway. I'll play it. Yeah, I'll happily join you on that. So, talking of Game Pass, there was the typical ID Xbox montage, where it was like, how's your memory? Terrible? Look at all these games! Yeah, it, I mean, getting so on was, in yours, trying to pick out games off that list was like, wait, what? Ooh, ooh, ah. So there was uh, a wooden train set game, which is out now. I got 900G in half an hour on that, so it gets 5 out of 5 No wonder you like it. Yeah. Um, but that was really charming, you'd have a living room. And that's where you build your train track, but it'd be like a Christmas living room, and you have to make the train go under the chairs and over the couch like you would as a kid. See, that was I brilliant. desperately wanted that was those, really good. those wooden train tracks as a kid. Yeah. And as a kid, you don't realise how extortionately expensive they are, and I'd never get them. And was like, oh, so it's got like a, you know, fulfill a child a dream. You, know, you can do, you can put down like little tiny like wooden people, like you can have a wedding, like a wedding party or like office workers no, don't, don't, don't tell my girlfriend, oh, no, I'm getting married in the game, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can put down little houses, and you can build a little, like, nice rural English town with a little train going through it. And then if you want, you can make it super complicated and have different trains going around a different... Do you know what? I did play it for the achievements, and specifically did to get choose, but that looks like it'd be a fun little game. I think that'd be a lot of fun, and I think you'd see people go, look at this creation I built. And you go, do you know what? It'd be, Ryan, it'd be... Just charming. It would, I mean, there's lots of games like that. Like, like Human Fall Flat, I absolutely adore, but no one talks about it. No one even cares what it is. No. But I bought it, I played it, and like, yay! Um, there was Carrion, which is the game about the escaped blob organism that, that looked, just murders people. That screen was just messy and hectic to me. I was yep. just kind of like, wait, what's this? Uh, no. There was Skate Bird, Tony Hawk's of a Small Bird. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> that's, that's just like random enough to make me go, all right. Like, um, are you always wondering, like, how does that kind of stuff get made? Like, at what point were some developers sat down going, no one's made a decent skateboarding game. Don't like Microsoft through going to revive the skate series any soon. That's not a skateboarding game. 
And then a bird fly through the office and I went, nah, imagine a bird on a skateboard and a bam, there you go. Deal! <laughs> How did he get to that point? And then there were several games that were like side-scrolling shooters, bullet hell games. I couldn't, I couldn't deviate any of them from the others. They no. were the same. Um, oh god, what else is there? Was a game? There was, there was a game that looked like a boss battle game where you played as a rock band in a open yes. top car. That I was like, great. what was that? Okay, that was that. That flew past immediately. That reminded me of a comic I've been reading called Murder Falcon. Mm. And now all I just want is Murder Falcon to get a game because it's essentially. A guy who used to be in a band had some bad news, which I won't spoil. I guess you're going to read anyone reads the comic. Um, but he stops playing guitar, and then one day he goes home, and there's a giant monster in his living room. Well, it's not a giant in his living room, but it's a monster in his living room, and poof, ceiling flashes in, and an anthropomorphic falcon man stands up with a giant metal arm, and is like, "Oh, Jake, you've got to shred. I'm powered by metal." So then Jake puts up his guitar and starts shredding, <laughs> which makes Murph, the murder falcon, like super hench, and he just rips this monster apart. And the whole the whole thing is how like music can inspire people to overcome evil or you know whatever challenges in life. But it's fantastic. But all I was thinking when I saw that was, oh my god, give me a game where I play like a rhythm action game where I basically rock out on a guitar and watch Murph annihilate. Stuff. That sounds It'll amazing. Be amazing. Um, Unfortunately, that's not what they showed. They showed no, people playing instruments at the back of an open top car. Yeah, for four seconds. But moved on to something else. Depending on the soundtrack, could be great. Like. If that's got a really, really cool soundtrack, I'm all over it. Like, what was the game we played at EGX that was like a Pride March and you had to, like, it was a rhythm game where you basically got more people into oh, Pride yeah, March. Oh, yeah, you played players. that. I can't remember but what called. the soundtrack was, like, techno nonsense, so I immediately lost interest because mm-hmm. while I'm down with the concept, the soundtrack was butts, whereas if this is a good soundtrack, I'm like, cool, I'll play it. There were so many games in there I actually struggled. I should have wrote, tried to write some of them down, but the problem is they're so fleeting, you just kind of go, oh, it's gone. Yeah, it's the kind oh, of thing where you watch it and someone will grab your attention and you're like, right, Google it or watch the trailer again and pause it, find mm. the name of the game and look into it. So, like I said, I thought we'd I thought I'd ignore the chronological order for certain stuff. So at the very end, uh, Phil Spencer came on. Yes, uh, good old Phil. Papa, Papa Daddy sense. Choke me harder, Phil Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and he came on and the crowd went nuts and he spoke about future projects and he spoke about how different companies can just obviously if they want to port something over develop something then Microsoft can make it as easy as possible they can just do it and they spoke about all these new projects um, you know the game pass he, he just did what he normally did which is just be just brilliant didn't give me any more Halo news. no he didn't but Halo Reach was in the show mm, they yeah, showed Halo Reach coming to Master Chief Collection which I think is going to mean 4K and 60 frames a second yes and on PC for the first time so that's exciting I think Halo Reach is the best Halo that is exciting because Halo Reach is probably the Halo that as a group we all collectively played together the most. Mm-hmm. I've never known Lee become so obsessed with unlocking armour pieces in any game ever. Like He would just sit on Firefight for hours and hours, admittedly, because he hates playing the multiplayer with me on Halo. He doesn't hate the multiplayer, mm. he specifically hates playing Halo That's with me. That's interesting, I wonder why people would be put off for playing Halo with you. I may have rage problems when it comes to Halo. Who knows, we'll have to... Who knows? We'll, we'll, have to, thanks, we'll have to agree to disagree. Thanks to Xbox Party Chat ruining Xbox Live and meaning that no one actually talks to anyone new anymore. Only people hear me going <laughs> in the middle of a Halo game. Would you make you any guys? friends on Halo? I'd make quite a few friends on Halo. Yes, I'm sure they remember you. Yes. yes. So the last thing that we spoke about was because it was kind of in the middle of the show was Project X Cloud. Yes. So this is very interesting and very exciting. A lot of people are very negative the idea of game streaming because Google Stadia came out over the last few days and has died on its arse immediately. It basically shat itself. So it walked out the door, shat itself, and died. 
Um, PlayStation have had their streaming service, which no one gives a shit about, no one talks about. It was like, it was, could you even call it a streaming service? It was like a digital rental service where the rentals cost more than the games. And it was just. Yeah, like, but, you know, it had its pricing controversies, but nobody still talks about it. But now Project X Cloud has come out and said, look, we've got these Xbox One X games and these Xbox One games and the quality, like Gears 5, Sea of Thieves, and it's playing on a phone and it's playing with Xbox Pad and. Everyone seems really positive and excited about this, but it just comes to the question of, is the country's internet infrastructure going to be good enough? Is it going to be good enough anytime soon? Is it, going to be, is it going to be something privileged? Because if you're on a train and using the Wi-Fi of some shopping centre or building, no, that's probably not going to be good enough. I don't understand it's going to be good enough. I mean, but it's, it's probably because we're 5G coming in. Now, of course, 5G is going to you know rot our testicles and sperm and kill children and give us all cancer as far as people and it'll are, be expensive yes as far as old people on the internet keep telling us it's going to be the worst thing ever 1 to 4G was fine but 5G oh the military are spying on your brain. that's 1G too many those. yeah exactly um, I think it's exciting like seeing the idea that I can use eventually hopefully my iPad sit on the train sit there with it propped up on my Xbox pad and put in half an hour into say Microsoft Minecraft Dungeons yeah, I I wouldn't. I, if they said, oh, "Oh, Gears Five was out of your bandwidth," I'd be like, oh, "That's fine. I could play Minecraft or Minecraft Dungeons or whatever's available." Yeah, anything. Anything. Something. that maybe doesn't use up well, as much, like frame rate or a card game or something. What I liked was that Phil Spencer specifically said it's not here to replace Xbox. It's not to replace your console or the traditional gaming experience. So I think it's a lot of people's issue with streaming. They see it as replacing what they've already got, whereas xCloud seems to be complementing what we've already got. Mm-hmm. Provided there's no additional fee, if Project xCloud is included as part of my Xbox... Which I bet they will. Because they'll go, it's just part of your Xbox subscription, your Ultimate Game Pass subscription. Yeah, see, all my, I was going to say, if you Ultimate Game Pass, so you get an Xbox Live and Game Pass, and they'll stick... Excellent in that. It's fantastic. There's zero reason not to like it mm-hmm. because it just means, all right, I'm on the train or I'm going somewhere, I'm bored at a funeral or whatever the fuck you're doing and I can just sit there and play something and we're like, great, it, it work. if it works, it'll be fantastic. Especially if it's already part of the subscription I'm already paying for and I think it will be because Game Pass often seems like too good a deal to make sense um, when you think about it. Especially before the like, you know, yeah. first party game has been on the day one, I'm kind of like, wow, I'm giving you £10 a month and you're giving me gears on day one. Some of the some of the offers they give with like the reward schemes and that one pound and you get it for this amount of time. Yeah. It's very generous. I mean, if you're on holiday and oh, okay, you've you, you know I know you're on holiday, you're supposed to be doing stuff, but uh, you know what? if you go back to your hotel and it's eleven o'clock at night and you are going to bed, but you can put half an hour in and play well, yeah. again. You're on the train, you're on the plane. I mean, what we're going to New York in a few months. Yes. and we're going to be sat on a plane, so obviously we're going to work there unless the plane's got Wi-Fi. I don't know, but essentially we could be sat in the middle of Central Park. Have an up dog just going, find us some gears and just play some gears. It's just, it's well, just you cool. wouldn't say that you play Halo. I wouldn't say it, no, but you know, I mean, <laughs> when in Rome. But yeah, if, the, if it's possible, you can play on an eight hour flight. Because I said to you, I was like, I'm going to be so bored on this flight. I'm going to read a bit of a book and I'll be like, oh, that's enough now, book reading. I'm bored of it. Then I'll be just, I don't want to watch movies on the plane. Well, I'll be taking I'll my DS and playing Final Fantasy games because, you know, that's my life now. But <laughs> you'll be bored. I will be bored, yes, sir. I'll be leaning over your shoulder going, Ryan, use the ice summon. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I've hit my switch as well. To be fair, so if I'm not playing DS, you can play that and deal. Top. Um, yeah, I think the, the idea of Project X Cloud saying, "Look, we've got all these games. We can put them mo- mo- in a mobile format for you streaming." And okay, look, look at. I think this is ridiculous, but the younger kid generation. You know, I am down with that kids. 
Yes. If you said to me, oh, let's watch the brand new Mandalorian TV series, which I've never seen before, because it's not out in this country yet. And I've, oh, never watched that. I've never watched no, it by any other means. Disney, but, I loved it. You know. Hang on, hang on. Let's run about this later. Oh. But like, if I, you said, oh, I was watching Mandalorian for the first time on my phone on the plane, I'd just say, no, I want to watch it on a TV. That's because you're a fuddy. Yes. I, I used to be against watching stuff on TV. I'm sort of got locked out the house once and watched like two episodes of The Get Down on my phone and then... Two episodes of the what? The Get Down. The Get Down. It was like a mostly fictional but based on the birth of hip-hop in New York. Um, really good. Maybe got cancelled. You couldn't sad. sound more white now than you've ever done. But it was good. But I watched episodes of that on my phone. So after two hours I was like, you know what, your eyes just do adjust. Your eyes just go, oh, I'm watching that I'm now. sure they do. But I don't want that if that's my... It's a, I'd want to watch yeah, it for no the first time. No, but the Phil Spencer's not going to come in and smash your telly and go, use your phone, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's just an option. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's I a know. mobile device, so you could use your iPad. Yeah, that's fine. But the gaming, in some respects, I'm fine with, like... I'd much rather go, oh, I'm going to play a game for a little while, something that's, that can be disposable for whatever period of time, and do that mobily. That, that, that's more appealing than films I mean, and... Music and TV shows. If it's web-based in any form, or you get an app, you get an app for OS or anything. You could just you and you could take your MacBook, take your MacBook out and game on that. That would then become your Xbox, which is a great idea because Apple products are fantastic. So anyway, Project X Cloud. Um, it does look very exciting. I think the idea of gaming, other than oh, gems, games, or oh, it's fucking candy, whatever, or you know shit like that. Yeah, doing it mobile to play a. This is going to sound snobby. Game, game, yeah. So you might then can carry on playing at home. Great idea, because let's be honest. What does that also sound like? Sounds like the Nintendo Switch. People, people went mental over the Switch because they Nintendo went, look, we've got this game, this home console that's good, and uh, you do just pull it out of the dock, fuck off out the door, and you can carry on your gaming experience. I really wish that in their market. Yeah, get up, fuck off out the door. <laughs> but that's essentially what Project Cloud can offer. Yeah. Really, I've essentially because I always said that I think Daniel was saying endlessly why you're going to get. He, he assumes I'm going to get a Switch. I'm just not. I'm not interested unless it was off like a hundred pound. I'll probably just get. Eh, why not? But I still wouldn't use it. I wouldn't use well, it. I'd only get one for the necessity of the price. But when when Nintendo's big same point and Daniel's saying, oh, but you can do all these things on the go. I actually said I'd rather do that on an Xbox mobile Xbox console. Now I can with the Project Cloud, X, the, the X Cloud. Um, the idea that I can carry on playing something. Alright, here's a perfect game. Um, Life is Strange Life is Strange 2. I haven't started that. Would I play that on a train journey? Yes, that's a perfect type of game playing journey because it's more story focused. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, even like, what you're playing, this is the option that you can is great. Yeah. I mean, it's how it's implemented, we'll have to wait and see, but just the general principle is exciting that I can game to the same standard, essentially on my Xbox and on my phone no matter where I am or whatever but otherwise it's fantastic I've been saying for years I wish Microsoft would make a portable console and then I'm probably glad they didn't come down with more Halo Spartan Assault but <laughs> you know but now they have better, but they're just kind of skipping it why bother because there's rumours that Sony are going to make a new kind of handheld for the PS5 why bother you know I mean, what's the point if you could just stream it to a mobile device anyway oh yeah we're going to see we're going to see Sony jump on that because the Switch blown blew well, blew everyone else out of the water. It was blown away in the fans' minds because because again that it was a higher standard of Nintendo quality anyway. But again, play it, fuck off, out the door, carry on. I mean, it's Nintendo. It works, it, and it didn't. It, as far as I know, no one said, "Oh, well, it's kind of rubbish when it goes outdoors because of A, B, or C." No, you'd see people. Put the switch down on this little stand, like you would an iPad or a tablet of some sort, 
and sit there. Okay. Oh, they're just they're playing on their Switch. Yep. I've got a six-pound Switch stand that I got from Game. That's essentially like a folded little bit of plastic. You just kind of set it up different angles depending on where you want to be sat. Yeah. Just plonk it on there, get your Joy-Cons out and play. Like I could literally take my Switch anywhere, and it's the same thing for Xbox. Xbox just means that I can do that. With my phone. It's very exciting. I mean, they've said how a lot of the, the, the future gaming will probably be streaming. Is that possible? Because, you know, cut out in the middle of physical media, etc., etc. But every time you see that conversation, especially from Americans, they'll say, well, that's nice because certain parts of America, good luck on that. Yeah. The more rural, out there areas. Apparently, Australia's got terrible internet in different parts of the country. I don't think it's something we'll see. No. For Decades. home consoles for a long, long, long no. time. I think we'll all be dead of war and global warming by that point. Um, I, for one, welcome a zombie apocalypse, but it's not going to happen. So this is more likely. You know, it's 40 years time maybe when the internet gets super duper, but then you're still going to, it doesn't matter how fast the internet is, you're still going to have areas of countries that are not going to have the same internet catching up. No, I mean, yeah. Like, like the whole country would have to become, and this is going to go off in a weird round, but like the whole country would have to be super duper infrastructure. And that doesn't happen in any country. We don't have any countries no. where every area is to a set perfect standard. But if you've got if you're in a city centre or somewhere where there's decent internet, and again that improves with five G, yeah, I can sit there and go and play a little game on my phone, turn the pad out, get a little attachment like a gimbal, like you said, like you know, like a selfie stick. Yeah. You know, your selfie stick straight in and out. The tiny little things you've seen on the videos of the X Cloud, you can have your you can have your phone. Clips on the top of your pad. You don't have to worry about a table. You can just sit there as happily as happily and yeah, play it. I think it looks fantastic. No, I don't think it will replace actual consoles anytime, any any time soon. Again, it's just a nice it's a nice option to have. Whether or not it's successful or not, we'll have to wait and see. But it's a nice option to have. I mean, so overall, Neil, that was XO nineteen. Mm-hmm. Was it a good show? Was it worth having separate to E three? And. Uh, did it do its job getting you hyped for Xbox? Yeah, I do, because I don't feel like it's overshadowed O3. I don't feel like I thought it was a waste of time. I feel Because bear in mind, E3 is once a year. So if they do have some suddenly cool news, those events are great because they can pop up and go, oh, guess what? Look at this news, and they can do it on a scale of presentation and media. I mean, normally it would just be, oh, here's some news on a website, and you'd read it on IGN or GameSpot or GameHype or our yeah. website. And then all the other websites support it. But now you can go, oh, this is two-hour event. What are you going to show? See, I, I, I was kind of neutral on the show. I was, you know, some stuff looked exciting, some stuff didn't. I didn't. I wasn't bouncing up and down on my chair um, like when they announced the original Halo from multiplayer from back in the day. Mm-hmm. I got really excited, but I'm kind of against individual shows in general. Like big thing is like crossplay. No, everyone's like really happy because like Xbox players and PC players and PS4 players can all play COD together, and it's like great, fantastic. You know, we've got cross-play, let's have cross-announce. I want E3 to be the big, giant, amazing hype fest that it used to be. Or even if it's not E3, even if we invade a new one that wasn't kind of following the same rigid rules that the guys that run E3 do. Just to remember, they all came together once a year. I mean, right, here's game for the next year. I want that giant hype event, especially because I have all three consoles, so I could just sit and watch one event and not have to worry about, oh, wait, I've got to schedule a reminder for Sony Direct in, Nintendo Direct in two months. Mm. And then a week after that, there's a state of play which sometimes is shit and it's like one trailer um, and then oh look now it's EXO I don't want that I want one event with everyone there but the fact that they can companies can do multiple events surely shows there's more they're doing more and more and more because they can't but, all fit it into one announcement but it's not because there's so much padding like I didn't need to watch 
people play Tart Rider for 20 minutes. <laughs> didn't need to see that. I didn't need a guy to explain the history of the Wasteland franchise and how the second one was about that. I don't need to know that. Mm. Like, just show me the games. Essentially, I think it's why Nintendo Directs are so popular. Because it cuts out the bollocks. There's no, like, bring on awkward people from EA to talk about how Madden's available on Xbox. Yeah, but the thing is, is Nintendo show everything's Nintendo products. Whereas Sony and Microsoft, like, the, the, the year, the last year, the year before last, everyone went, oh my god, the Sony conference was the best one. Because they showed off Resident Evil 2. And I was like, that's not an exclusive. That's someone else's game. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd rather have a shorter conference each year at the same time where they all show off their exclusives and let the third party companies for the most part do their own because EA are going to have their EA play crap anyway and Ubisoft are going to have pandas dancing around stage while they announce the only game still supporting the Wii and it's do you just... remember how do you remember how exciting the Ubisoft Game Pass sounded when you can pay a monthly fee oh my god to access is that still going all, ahead all the presumably all the Ubisoft games you can play Trials you can play Just Dance you can play Assassin's Creed. You can play Tom Clancy Presents Tom Clancy's Tom Clancy by Tom Clancy. And fucking nothing else. They're all shit now, anyway. <laughs> I, I'm such a grumpy old man. Like, this is why I'm going back through my back catalogue and playing old games of the Final Fantasy series. Because they remind me of like the golden era gaming when I was a kid. And a game would be like one sat down experience. And then if I'm playing multiplayer, I guess my brain grew up playing stuff like Quake. Um, arena shooters probably why I quite like Halo as much as I do for the multiplayer aspect um, but Games of Games was now everyone thinks it's cookie cut up uninspired crap mm. and it's just well, well not crap it's just uninspired it's like a new time for like Breakpoint's coming out is that what anyone's called the new time Clancy? I think so it's got the Punisher in it and Motti's face from Walking Dead um, and it's like great but it's still going to be like Wildlands a big empty lifeless world a fanny around yeah, that's flopped but just don't don't case it out but there we go, point proven. Yeah, exactly. Point proven. You it's been out for a few weeks and everyone went, it's really boring and buggy and it's full of microtransactions yeah. and it's boring. You go back to like Rogue Spear, like the old ones on PlayStation, where we're nails, nails difficult. Yeah, um, Hugo's Vegas. What was the one we played where the, this, it was a four-man squad and you constantly have these moments where you're in positions locked around each other and, you, and it was just a warfighter shooter. Advanced Warfighter, was it? I don't think it was Advanced on, Warfighter 2? No, I don't think it was the second one. It was one, it was one slightly after that, but it was, it was brilliant. It was great because it yeah. was a... It was a Caught. It was a well put together experience. It wasn't how long can we milk this for, or you know, games as a service. It mm. was just a game. You bought your game, off you go. Like I'll happily support a game with DLC provided it adds something worthwhile. I'd rather have that. I'd rather buy ten map packs over the course of two years than pay sixty for a game that's got fuck all in it and just feels really useless. But we're getting off the point now, I guess. But my point was, no, it wasn't a particularly amazing show for me, and that wasn't solely because there was no Halo Infinite news. I just miss the excitement of E3 and the hype. So every time I watch one of these, you know, one company only events, it's just kind of like, okay, that's nice. But because it was like they're trying to make me excited. Like Wasteland is not a big enough franchise to get hyped over. It's not a show ending. You know, it isn't. It isn't the money shot, is it? I it's, didn't know there was a Wasteland one too. Like, um, that's not. Exciting. I'm sure they're popular, but I don't really care. Like you, you know, you want to close your show with like, here's you know the Final Fantasy VII remake trailer or. Here's Halo Infinite news, or here's the new God of War, or here's a gigantic franchise that's going to make everyone in the room go, oh! but Wasteland isn't that. And neither's fucking. I can't think of an example now, I can't remember what the last thing and the last thing direct was. Was it a Smash Bros. character? That was actually pretty exciting. Uh, but yeah, like it wasn't It wasn't some giant money shot of like, wow, it was, oh look, we've got Wasteland 3. All it sounded was like, 
we haven't got any other big news. And I feel like when they're trying to fill the space with stuff like Wasteland, yeah, so when it just got... makes you kind of go, oh, so actually, Phil, you didn't have anything amazing to show me. So we're, we're all going to pretend, with the four people behind that platform from YouTube, we're going to pretend this is really exciting. When everyone at home is going, eh. Well, most people would, a lot of people look at that and go, like, I've never read the franchise. And a lot of people look in and go, oh, look, it's, it's like old graphics, tiny little men, that looks rubbish, that looks lame. But would you say that, like, even though they're, they're like Planet Coaster and games like that, like they're exciting announcements to a certain niche, but they're the equivalent of a Sony and Microsoft conference when they have a third-party game appear. When it's like when he goes world premiere, you go, "Oh, what's this?" They go, "Oh, it's Devil May Cry. That's on every console." Yeah, it's just it, it's not exciting because I mean, I guess console light is kind of dead. I mean, you know, I've said several times I've got all three consoles. I have a favorite, but again, it's only a favorite for the exclusives. Like, if you take all the exclusives away, oh, and you'd be flying shit which console it was. Mm. If every game was suddenly available on every console, I would have no reason to have a favourite because I wouldn't need to pick. Whereas, when you're watching, an ex- you're watching Xbox's show, I expect it to be Xbox and Xbox only. I don't want to see, oh, look, Madden is available on Xbox. Like, yeah, it's also on PlayStation, Switch and PC. Why do I give a shit on oh, specifically yeah. Xbox show? Yeah, we didn't talk about the robotic EA man that came out. No. Who, who were all the three of them were clear there was a Project X Cloud creative director there was Kareem and there was the Madden there was the EA guy they all were clearly speaking off script I don't know if it's the American accent and how it tends to have a lack of warmth or tone it just always sounds very insincere that's because we're English and we sound very charming but like even if we don't even if we were saying like spoke to Queens and it was clipped like Star Wars Empire English and we're like welcome to Microsoft and we sounded like that uh, I mean, that probably be just annoying, but they just sound like they're not excited, and neither one of them, they all seem to lose their cue cards, or yeah. they, no one seems like they're going about. And he blabbered about something, and he's like, ooh, we're going to excitingly announce, you've got a Madden shirt on, like, this isn't E3 from 2007, where you've got a sneaky Grand Theft Auto tattoo reveal, like, it's, it, yeah, we know it's going to be Madden, your EA, of course, it's, if it wasn't Madden, it was going to be FIFA, hmm. it's just like, we know what it's going to be, and Xbox always has that annoying thing. Uh, it always leans slightly towards the US market which I guess makes kind of sense it is the home market but yeah they're, they're massive for sports games and shooters in America they wonder why you know Final Fantasy you only come into Xbox 12 years after release and it's like well yeah it's because it's an exciting process you, but it's taken too long you act, you act like the rest of the world doesn't exist I mean I, I overall enjoyed the event because I just saw lots of new things I think with me and Game Pass it's, it's biased because I go, oh, that looks slightly interesting, and I'll get it for free. Oh, that looks really interesting, and I'll get that for free too. Oh, look, this game about small wooden train tracks. How charming and quaint. Never buy it in a million years. It was like a pound. But I go, oh, wait, it's on Game Pass. I can play that right now, and I can play it for free. So I overall enjoyed the event because I like seeing I like seeing new things, knowing I can play those. I actually felt, I said to you during the, the, the show, I actually felt bad because I don't remember, the, other than the Elite Pad 2 I bought, I don't remember the last time I gave Microsoft any money. My entire catalogue of been playing games for a long time has been everything off Game Pass. Uh, well, yeah, just Game Pass, like even Gears, Sea of Thieves, lots of stuff. Yeah, I mean, Game Pass is mental to me that the first party stuff's like, it's still crazy to me, but I guess they've got, I mean, I suppose you look at it as Microsoft are playing catch up in terms of market share, in terms of the console war, like they're miles behind PlayStation and, and Nintendo. So they've got to be like, buy our machine and you can have all this for one monthly fee. Like, the fact that you can now 
pay for your Xbox £20 a month for two years, 24 months, and then after you upgrade to the newest console, it's mental. And mm. people are like, why don't I do this? And I'm like, because I'm not giving them £20 a month for two years. I'd rather just buy the console outright. Yeah, it'd be easier than just... And let's that. face it, you know that the upgrade is going to be, well, you're last in the fucking queue, mate, because everyone else over there is paying full back yeah. cash in hand. You know They've got, I mean, Microsoft have got, you say about them being last in sales, but they've got a lot more money than Nintendo... They've got a lot more money than Sony, and they've got a lot more resources and a they lot do. more technology. I mean, all those freaking companies, they had like nine studios was it last year for they announced, mm. then we got, what, two or three announcements from those developers today, or not today, I watched the show today, but yeah. whenever the show was last Friday. Um, so, providing that, you know, next E3, there's going to be a couple more, and we're going to get more exclusives announced. Fine. I guess it's exciting, but... Yeah, I think with, I think with all the Game Pass stuff they showed, and some of these these... These new quirky little franchises, like these new interesting-looking indie games and story-based games, and you've got Age of Empires excited people, Microsoft Flight Simulator excited people, Planet Coaster excited people. I I think it was a good show. I think they hit lots of beats for lots of different people. No, I think if you're going to have an, ex- an exclusive show that's all you, you need to bring all you, and you, you know if you're going to whip your dick out, it best be a big one because. I t- <laughs> like, I'm, oh, like- I'm just thinking of Phil Spencer now. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know I, I mean I literally wanted. I mean, I don't know. I'm a stickler available right now, but I wanted something that was going to be like maybe leap off my sofa. I wanted to get really excited, and nothing there hit that because. But that's what E3 is for, as you just said. Is it though? Because it's that's been dead for the past few years as well. I'm like, where is it? Like, where's where's my Nirvana of gaming hype? If stuff's ready, it's ready. If it's not ready for E3, then that's, I guess that's what also the possibility of shows like that. For. Where's my Scarlet news? You've got a new console coming out. I mean, if Microsoft are smart, they'll wait for Sony to announce their price since they can undercut Sony like Sony do with them every year. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll have to, again, that'll be E3 because it'll be E3 next year and then it'll be available for pre-order like two minutes after it's announced and then it'll be, you know, out in that November or whatever, that Christmas and then we'll have one new machine to buy. Mm. Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what was there. Um, I mean, we've blabbed on for an hour and ten minutes about it, so it couldn't have been an awful show. No, no, um, absolutely not. But, but yeah, I, I think I enjoyed it. I'd watch another one. It's the first EXO I've watched, and I'd enjoy it. But then I, I, I like watching all these conferences anyway. I like even when I'm watching Nintendo, like a company, I'm not too bothered by. I like going. I oh, like it's just, it's just interesting. It's fun. I think it's the, fun. It's exciting to see new things. Nintendo directs. I tend to think are better because it's almost like Nintendo like the smell of their own, like. Nintendo know that you love Nintendo and Nintendo love Nintendo and you all have this giant Nintendo circle jerk. Mm. So every announcement, even if like it's just like Xenoblade Remastered that I don't care about, because Nintendo seems excited and everyone else in the room around me seems excited, I'm yeah. like, yay, for some reason. Whereas when it's like, you can now play Madden on xCloud, I'm like, so? <laughs> like, no one else <laughs> in the room's excited. Well, you don't seem excited. No. No. But now XO19, um, I'll definitely watch another one. I think it's a nice lead up to I suppose more events that might be able to show more stuff. I don't know if we'll have to agree to disagree on having more of these or less of these. Well, I mean, you got when there's Tokyo Game Show and then you got Gamescom. There's like there's several yeah. events coming up. Yeah, that aren't too far away. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Unless it was just Microsoft's. Hey guys, it's nearly Christmas. You should buy an Xbox. I mean, that's quite cynical to look at that way. But it's kind of like, look, buy one of these this Christmas. Well, yeah, they did announce those Black Friday sales on consoles. So yeah. That does make sense. It does make sense. I'd be intrigued to see if it affects the sales, but I guess we'll have to wait for the next podcast to find that out, Mr. Dean. Yes, yes, we will. Well, 
I guess that's us, critical geeks, and it sounds like I've been fairly critical today. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a sign enough. So, as always, I've been Ryan. I'm Neil. And we'll catch you next time when hopefully we'll be more excited, less negative. X go give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door, it's real. With the non-stop pop out from stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make the mother uh, wonder if you did it. Damn right, and I do it again. Cause yeah. I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I break who you sending me. You motherfucker never wanna know what your life says.